Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's go. This is the Chase in the Frame podcast, where we interview people in the TV and film industry, talking about their journey, how they got to where they are today. We do this podcast for the frame chasers. This is for those in the film industry, going hard, let them know who we are. Frame chasers, we're, we're not chasing the fame, no, no. Tell them what we do. Chasing the Frame. This is the Chasing the Frame podcast with your host, John DeMarco. Let's go. What up, Frame Chasers? It's Wednesday, and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today, I'm with John Ward. John is the owner of Dark Park Films. And let me make sure I get this correct. You are an actor, screenwriter, producer, director. Am I missing anything else? Uh, no, that, that's that's about it. Okay. I'm, I am branching out to shooting my own films mm-hmm. and editing my own films and things like that. But yeah, for the most part, yeah, that's it. Awesome. And then uh, before we get... Oh, and also, guys, he's also the man behind the Axmas franchise. Can I call it a franchise by now? If it's safe, is it safe to say? It, it, yes. Yes. <laughs> Just yeah. make sure. I don't want to get the wrong information here. But before we get into the show, let's get into our housekeeping first, because that's always important. First, we got to thank our, our, our affiliate partners, Artlist.io. Honestly, the best music licensing platform for any type of content creator. Thousands of new songs every day and unlimited downloads, which is always a plus, especially when you're trying to find music for your project. That is always the hardest part. I'm, you know, as a director and uh, you know all that stuff and content creator, it's hard to find music. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. But uh, have you ever have you ever used Artlist? I cannot speak today. <laughs> <laughs> I I have not. No. No, it's great. It's wonderful. You should try it if, if you ever get a chance. And uh, if you got sign up today in our link below, uh, you get a year and two extra months free. So check out and join Artlist.io and inspiring. Music, music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. Second, guys, we have merch for you. Teespring.com slash store slash chasing dash the dash frame. Not only are we selling shirts, but we're selling hashtag frame chaser mask for $10. Honestly, it's a comfy cloth mask and super stylish, and you let people know that you're a frame chaser on set. Third, it's time to for the show when we ask you for that donation to the Church of the Frame. Three ways to donate. PayPal.me slash CTF podcast. One time donation. We have a Patreon for $5 a month membership, which is, uh, it gives you early access to the video and audio a week before it airs. We are really pushing that this year. And in the description below also are links to the cryptocurrencies that you can send us if you like. That's through our trust wallet. And that's always funding us for bigger and better things on the horizon, which we have a lot of ideas and a lot of plans for the future of this podcast and other shows that we want to do. And last but not least, please like our Facebook page as well and subscribe to our YouTube page. 
And so click on that notification button if you are on that YouTube page as well. There's going to be a huge content push for us coming in 2021, which we're in right now. Uh, so get ready for that. So let's get to it. John, the first question I ask everyone on the show is, are you from here originally? No, I'm from uh, California. We're in California. I was born in Los Angeles, but raised in the Bay Area. So okay. Marin County up by San Francisco. Gotcha. Uh, and the second question I ask everyone on the show is, what was that movie, TV show, actor, director, whoever it was that inspired you to go, this is the business I've chosen? I originally wanted to become a police officer because of my grandfather. Okay. And then I saw, which I'm 53, okay. so yeah. I saw basically those three films that changed everybody's lives, Star Wars, mm -hmm. Jaws, Close Encounters. Wow. And I basically said, that's what I want to do. I, I studied everything. Yeah that I could possibly find on those films. And that, that was pretty much it. Star Wars and Jaws Close Encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, out of the three, if you had to pick one to live on, live for the rest of your life, which one would you want to watch? Jaws. Jaws. It's, it's a great movie. Have you, uh, the, all the history too behind it, like just is crazy. Like I would love to see a, uh, a TV show based on the behind the scenes. Cause I heard there was a mutiny at one time almost for Steven Spielberg's head on that. Oh set. yeah. Yeah. Like it was insane. Like the shit and like, um, Oh no! Do you hear? Do you ever hear the Rewatchables podcast? I always mention on the podcast, and I have to shout out them. They're fucking awesome. Oh, I haven't. No, uh, they go through like all these movies that are like classic movies, or like just things that are re really rewatchable. And like, whenever you turn on the TV and it's on, you'll watch it. And they talk about Jaws, and I think you'll like that episode a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, Spielberg talks a lot about how he, on the last day of filming, he was yeah. actually flying out when they mm -hmm. blew up the shark. Because he knew that everybody was about to, you know, <laughs> mutiny, yeah. and he could see from the plane the shark being blown up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he he he's brought it up a couple times. That's crazy. So, and and to me, it's pretty much a perfect film. So yeah. it's it's got its issues, but it, it's pretty much perfect. How do you feel about Jaws two, three, and four? Let me ask you that real quick. Um, I own them all. Okay, yeah, me too. Um, and I've watched a bunch of documentaries on them and everything. Yeah. Um, I think as a sequel, Jaws two is pretty much a perfect sequel. Yeah, I think so too. I Jaws three is it's written by my favorite author, Richard Matheson. Okay. And it's Gorgo, but with mm. sharks. Yeah. So it's okay. It, mm. It's all right. And it's fun to watch. Yeah. And, and of course, well, Four. Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's classic. <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't there two versions of that on like on, on TV? One's a TV version. One's like the theatrical version, if I'm not mistaken, like how the ending occurs. Yeah. There, there's one where the, the shark just gets impaled yeah. and then goes, you know, goes under the water. And then there's another word, explodes. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, a lot of that stuff you can find on YouTube, yeah. there's, there's alternate titles, mm -hmm. there's uh, a whole bunch of stuff with Jaws to Revenge and, um, as bad as it is, I, I really enjoy the movie. I so. like it better than three, to be honest. If we're going to be honest about things, I like it better than three. I, I could watch. Yeah, yeah. I could watch Jaws to Revenge over that feels, part three. That feels more, uh, if that's, this is the correct word, can, canical, like more canon or canon to the yeah. series. Yeah. You know? And, uh, have you read the book by the way? The book is different. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, it, the book's crazy. Yeah, it's voodoo. Yeah, and, voodoo and, and like the mafia. And then like, isn't like Ellen Brody and uh, Richard Dreyfuss character Hooper like having an affair at the same time or some shit like that? That's the book. That, yeah, that's, that's the book. The, yeah. the original oh, book. Yeah. The original book, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, I, was, I went back to the book real quick I, for Jaws. I apologize. Yeah, Jaws. Yeah, because the, the, the Jaws, the revenge gets into voodoo and all that type oh, okay. of stuff. There's yeah. a ton of stuff missing from the uh uh, from the movie and yeah. a lot of it, I guess they shot. Oh. But the original Jaws, yeah, the yeah. book is barely the movie. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, it's yeah, yeah, it, it's um, yeah. Ellen was dating Cooper's brother, and then when he comes into it, she starts having the affair. Yeah, 
and Brody's like two or 300 pounds that yeah. he's like really overweight and Quint doesn't even want them to go out with them. I mean, it's a huge difference. Yeah, it is. I and mean, even in the ending when Quint dies, the Ahab death too. Spoilers to anyone who didn't read the book. Yeah, yeah, he's just, yeah, and the shark just sinks. It yeah. doesn't explode. It, it just gets to that point where yeah. it's about to kill Brody and then it just sinks from exhaustion. Yeah. Oh man. That, it's I, very different. I read that book at like when I was in eighth grade, so long, like a really long time ago for me and it just sticks with you certain certain things, especially the mafia subplot, which you see in Jaws too as well. I'm sorry we get into a Jaws ta- tangent right now because it's nice to talk to someone about Jaws. <laughs> um, but going back to you, so you saw those three films that changed your life. So how, if I may ask, how old were you when that when you saw that? Like 10, 11. 10, 11. So from age basically two to 10, you wanted to be, or t- two to nine, you wanted to be a police officer respectively, right? And, yeah, I was probably going to join the military, yeah. become an officer afterwards, follow yeah. what my so, grandfather did. Around that time when you're 10, you're, what are you doing? Like, did you like start playing with cameras? Did you start like making up scripts? Did you, what did you do? Like, did you do any of that stuff as a kid then? Um, a lot of that stuff was brand new. So, you know, yeah. like uh, VHS cameras and players and all mm-hmm. that. So I found a lot of books. Yeah. So there was like the Jaws log, the okay. making of Jaws. Yeah. There were, um, of course, a ton of Star Wars stuff mm-hmm. and um, played with the toys and the models. Mm-hmm. And and once these things became more available, yeah. you know, like a like a Super 8 camera, mm-hmm. I started playing with that stuff, yeah. VHS. So the more things that became easier for somebody, you know, at, at that age to get, like yeah. the, to convince your parents, hey, can I get this, mm-hmm. you know, instead of clothes or whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, um, I played with, yeah, and it just kind of kept growing from there. So, when did you get your first camera? Then, if if it, it... that would be, I had to be something like sixth grade. Okay, it was a Super Eight camera. Yeah, and now, just started playing around with that. What was that experience like trying to learn that Super Eight? Because you know it's totally different. It's it's film, right? Or is that VHS? Or Super Eight was Super Eight was film. Film. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the really skinny, yeah, yeah. really skinny film that he had to have the reel to reel to yeah. edit it. So we, we tried to edit the whole thing in camera because yeah. we didn't want to take the time to do it. And I was kind of a dumb kid. Is, is I was gross out humor was always funny to me as a mm-hmm. kid. So a lot of the stuff that I shot dealt with gross out humor mm-hmm. and then kind of slowly moved into, hey, I can make a horror movie yeah. and, you know, and stuff like that. So was one of your first like, did you make a horror movie when you were a child then? Like, what was that experience like? What was that? How fun was it fun? Like, obviously, it was fun, hopefully. Yeah, the, we, it was a group of friends of mine, and we played around with the Super 8 for a while. Mm-hmm. And then once VHS kind of came into it, yeah. we went out and shot stuff. Um, unfortunately, none of this exists anymore, yeah. but we made a film called Easter, okay. Easter 2. Um, and my grandparents were in it, and they kind of yeah. supported everything. And uh, it just kind of evolved from mm-hmm. there. And it was something I always wanted to do, but I didn't know how to... Yeah you know, pursue it. Yeah. Did, when did you learn how to pursue it? Like, uh, was there any classes in high school? Did you go to college for it or anything of that nature? There was like the AV club, yeah. but they really didn't have anything to do with film. Yeah, yeah. Um, sixth grade, there was a guy who came in to our school. And so once school was done, we would go and shoot this film with him. And that yeah. was actually shot on film. I th- think that might've even been shot on super eight, but, uh, super eight or 16. And, uh, it was just kind of, I didn't know that you had to have good grades to go to film school. Yeah. So I focused on filming my friends or yeah. when VHS came around, I would shoot if one of them had a band, mm-hmm. um, I would go and shoot like a, a weird yeah. video for like their band or whatever. And I just, I figured if you were good at your craft, yeah, 
or you thought you were good at your craft, I could get into, because I lived up in the Bay Area at the time, I could get into San Francisco State. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you had to be good at math and English and history. I just figured if you you made a film and it looked good or looked like you had promise, you could get in. So I got stuck and I ended up going to uh, community college, Mm -hmm. which was fine. I went to uh, Los Angeles City College and College of Marin Mm -hmm. and um, did a bunch of short films there and helped out and and, uh, worked on different film crews that were up and down California that wanted film students to work for free. Yeah. What was it like working with film crews and like getting that experience? Because you're, you know, you're used to when you're growing up playing with your, not playing with your friends, but like, you know, making films with your friends and doing that stuff. But then when you get on a a huge set or a a nice size set, I should say, it's totally different beast. What was that experience like doing that for the first time? It was interesting because one of the ones that I remember working on was a documentary Mm -hmm. about prison reform. Oh, okay. And so we traveled up and down California yeah. going to different prisons, one of them being San Quentin. Mm. And we would meet with um, prisoners who basically had reformed their lives. Oh, And a couple of them were murderers. Mm. And we also went to a woman's prison too, which yeah. was interesting because we got the the opposite of, of what we were expecting where we got the cat calls. Really? And yeah, and all the women behind the bars were like, hey baby, come over here hey, and wow. stuff. And uh, which was kind of fun. And uh, but it was interesting watching these people direct and do yeah. what they want. Um, a friend of mine uh, named uh, uh, Glenn Griefy, he made a film called Nutcracker, an American mm. Nightmare. Yeah. And I got the privilege to work with David Hess. Yeah. So I worked with him for two days. I think I saw that actually on your IMD, IMDb because I, I went over it real quickly before you came. And I know nut, there was a huge uh, gap. And I like to ask you this between Nutcracker and the next thing you did on IMDb that I saw. So I don't know if I'm jumping like through your life a little bit here, but um, I know Nutcracker was like 2001-ish, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then the next thing I saw on your IMDb, unless there's more that you didn't put on there, was, uh, I forgot the name, but it was in 2017 or 18? Not- yeah, the film would, would probably be either Drug Z, yeah. which was like a zombie film, which mm-hmm. never came out, yeah. and then um, Clown Motel Massacre. Okay. And um, which... Hasn't come out, but I'm thinking it's coming out. Yeah, pretty soon, and um, and that was uh, Philip Tricky who did that one. Mm. And what had happened was in between there, yeah, is I ended up going to two film schools. Mm-hmm. So I lived a long time in L.A. Yeah, went there for like three, four years. Yeah, then went up to well, I started in Marin, went to film school there, moved down to L.A., continued yeah. film school, went back up, went to film school, that type of thing. Yeah, and I just kept going to school yeah. and working. And but nothing was happening. It was just I just didn't know how to connect. Yeah. And the people that I did connect with, it's email was there, but nothing else really. Yeah. So it was you couldn't just get onto the internet onto something like Facebook. Yeah. I just didn't know how to connect with people. Yeah. yeah. It was just difficult until I moved to Vegas, mm-hmm. and then I was uh, well, I still am working at a storage facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy came in to rent out a storage unit and we yeah. started talking about films and he's like, Hey, I'm putting together uh, this uh, guy named John Seymour. He's like, Oh, I'm putting together this zombie movie yeah. and you want to be part of it. And boom, that, that launched everything. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Like, uh, I, I would think like, you know, the networking would be easier for film school, especially in LA area because of, uh, you know, obviously it's the film industry. It's the Mecca right there. That's like insane that like, you know, the networking part of that didn't really happen for you. And then again, you came here and like, bam, find someone who's in film and there you go. 
That's awesome. Um, yeah. So on, I, let me ask you about Nutcracker too. You worked in the ca- you did you work camera or did you? It said camera and electrical, like wood grip gaffer. Basically a set yeah. designer. Um, there's a Christmas flashback and, yeah. and myself and another person went out and we designed the whole house yeah. for the, the trees and the decorations and everything. So I did about three or four different things yeah. and then Glenn just gave me what he thought was appropriate. Gotcha, gotcha. And then um then going back to Drug Z now that you're in Vegas, and what year was that? That was two thousand sixteen seventeen, I'm guessing then, around that time is when you came to Vegas, or you were here a little bit before then and then that happened. I would say yeah, because, yeah, I want to say, yeah, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. 16, 17, yeah. Okay, so what was it like working on that that first Vegas production for you? What, what was the experience? I realized that you could have a very small crew mm-hmm. and make a movie. Yeah. You can have three people behind the camera and then have, like, three or four people in front of the camera, and you can make an entire movie. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I, yeah. I did. I have absolutely no idea. To me, making a movie would be Lethal Weapon or yeah. Jaws or something yeah, yeah. like that, that you needed 100 people on set to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I had no idea that an actor was willing to hold a slate yeah. or move a light because we're all, you know, we're all working for free mm-hmm. and we're all trying to get to the goal of making this film. Yeah. And I thought that's amazing. And we worked on that for probably about a year. <clears throat> and then afterwards... Uh, there's a, a film producer named David Sterling who's mm-hmm. in LA and he called me up because we're friends and he goes, Hey, I'm making this film up in Tonopah called at the time it was just Clown Motel. Yeah. And then uh, because some other films came out, we had to change it to Clown Motel Massacre. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, do you want to work on that? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Great. Super. He's like, I can't pay you or anything, but you'll get experience credit and all that. I'm like, yeah. that's fine. And then I met up uh, with Philip Tricky, who was the writer and producer mm-hmm. And one day he goes, hey, um, the guy who's playing the clown, the killer clown, dropped out. Yeah. And you're the only guy who's only doing one job. Now you're the clown. Oh, wow. So I went from like on um, like drug Z from yeah. being kind of like a PA and stuff to like an assistant director. Oh, wow. And like associate producer type of thing uh-huh. to um, and then Clown Motel, same thing, mm-hmm. production assistant and then now I'm like the Freddy Krueger of the movie. Yeah. And, and was that your first acting gig too? Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Were you like, how were you nervous? Were you like? Very nervous. The yeah. clown suit didn't fit because <laughs> it was for somebody else. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I was very popular yeah. because I just looked creepy. Uh-huh. And I was older than a lot yeah. of people. So they kind of did their, their own thing and kind of left me alone because I'm yeah. just in this clown makeup with yeah. blood all over me. And it was definitely, and that was another thing. So from, that was also showed me that you have five actors and in just like maybe four or five crew. Mm-hmm. Once again, you can make a movie. Yeah, and it's like, how? What? Really? Now this is two films. I mean, yeah. now I'm getting a camera. Yeah. Now I'm going to start doing my own thing. So the signs are are there, and you're like, yeah, boom. This is it. This is what we're going to do. So after doing uh, clown massacre, clown. Oh my god, clown hotel massacre, right? Yes. Uh, what did you do after that? Then I went on to YouTube and okay. I started looking at uh, camera gear. Okay. And there's um, there are people out there that have uh, podcasts that will just talk about, um, hey, for $1,000, you can get this equipment. Yeah. Here's what it is. And so I bought my own film, you know, all my own equipment, mm-hmm. and I wrote the script for Axmas. Okay. And a lot of the people who worked on Drug Z mm-hmm. said, hey, I want to can we work on Axmas? Yeah. And I said, sure. The, the director of drug Z is the killer Santa Claus in it. Okay. 
And some of the victims also came over. And um, so it was this kind of this clown motel massacre drug Z joining mm-hmm. to make Aximus. Yeah. And I'm guessing if I'm, let me ask you this, because you said you work at a storage place. Yes. The, I'm guessing, is that the storage place where you had the setting for yes. Aximus? Which is, uh, what was that? Oh my God, I just blanked out my question. But yes, so Aximus, okay. Then, what was it like writing your first feature? Or short? It, it's, um, each Axmas film is roughly 30 minutes. Okay. So I had to really be concise. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make it boring or anything. Yeah, yeah. I just had to kind of get to it. Yeah. And um, the thing with Axmas is I had the story. I had, you know, people who wanted to work on mm-hmm. it. And I saw uh, that a filmmaker named Brad Twig mm-hmm. was putting together this thing called Frames of Fear 2. Mm-hmm. And it's an anthology. Oh, okay. And he was looking for people. And I said, hey, I haven't done anything. Yeah. But if I made this film can it be part of this anthology? And he said, send me the script. And he goes, if you can make the film as good as the script is, you have a space. Yeah. And I made the film. He loved it. And my very first film got distribution. Yeah. Now it's known as Brutality through Wild Eye releasing. Okay. So my very first thing now has distribution. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and what was the idea behind Axmas? Like, what what, did any movie inspire you? Because I feel like, you know, Black Christmas maybe would inspire me in a sense if I was writing this. But again, this is your... Well, Black Christmas, definitely the the original. Um, It was basically a combination of Scream. Okay. Because I'm a huge Scream fan. Oh, I love Scream. Of all the films. Yeah. And Silent Night, Deadly Night. Okay. All the films. I didn't see that one, actually. I not see Silent Night Deadly Night. You haven't seen the Silent Night Deadly Night? I have not, but I've seen Scream like it's the back of my hand. I love Scream. Yeah, that's that's the 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 whole thing is is that it's kind of meta. Yeah, yeah. So and Silent Night Deadly Night definitely. I I actually have the posters up in my in my bedroom. Yeah. And it's like without those two films, we wouldn't have Axmas. But it originally started just as a killer, like a homeless guy who lived in a storage unit. Yeah. It was boring. Yeah. It's like we've seen this a thousand times before. Very true. But when I was in L.A. not doing anything, trying to connect with people, is I did have the title of Vaximus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know I could do something with this title. Yeah. And that's why I said, wait a minute, what if I take that, make that in the storage facility? Mm-hmm. Then it became interesting. And yeah. I completely flushed it out and, yeah. and it just became what it is today. And and I, I saw the Indiegogo. I was watching that a little bit before you came just to keep my mind fresh about this. And uh, so it's a party in a in a storage facility, and then the uh, killer comes and starts killing people, picking people off left and right. More or less, yeah. yeah. Cool, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw um, you said the guy. Uh, I totally blanked out on the name. He did the drug Z. Was the killer in the first Axmas? Right. Yeah, John Seymour. Yeah. So I have to ask, how did we get to Axmas two? Then, like, I feel like it, the because I mean, unless like it's not like did Scream two a little bit? Did you use the idea of the killer with Scream two, where Mickey is a uh, he used the Mickey idea where he found him in a chat room or something like that. Or well, the Billy Loomis mom. Character. We, we didn't think that we were going to do a part two because there was spoilers. Yeah. The the killer at the end of Axmas is killed. Yeah. So how do you then bring him back? Yeah, that's a good question. And a lot of people asked me, they sent me messages after seeing the film saying, are you going to do a follow up? And yeah. it's like, I don't know how, yeah. how am I going to do if he's dead? And then I had some ideas like um, the lead character, Sarah, mm-hmm. she's living at the beach. She's trying to recover from the first film. Yeah. And the uh, um, 
the Santa Claus killer's head is put back onto his body, all of the Frankenstein monster yeah, yeah. with the stitches, and he's being controlled, and he's kind of in her dreams, but not. And I thought, no, this is too weird. This yeah. doesn't make any sense, and and it's not the same as the first film. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Scream. Uh-huh. And why can't I just have multiple killers? Yeah. And then that's when um, I met uh, Drew Marvick yeah. from Summer Party Massacre, and uh, Summer Party Massacre from Pool Party Massacre. And um, he's got the big beard. Yeah. He's got a huge personality. Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you, I want you to be the killer. Yeah. And he said, sure, I'll do it. And so then he became the uncle. So oh. now it's it became a family. <laughs> so now it's this whole family. It's, that's it's the Loomis. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, because now in part three, it's it's going to be, uh, um, you know, now we'll have Drew will be coming back, but there's okay. going to be another killer, and then part four even has a different killer. Okay, interesting. Now I have to ask. I was thinking about this too. I'm like, are you going to make five and six? Because I feel like you need to have a saga then. I won't be. I'm going to stop with four. Okay, all right. But there's already a filmmaker out there named David Hayes, okay. and he has mentioned several times to me. He's like, I want to write part five. Oh. He goes, you need, yeah. you can direct it or find another director. He's yeah. like, but I want to write it. Yeah. And, I'm, and I like David Hayes' work. Okay. And I'm like, yes, you could write it and then I'll bring on somebody to direct it. So going back to the original Accidents real quick, was that, and that was your first directing film. What was it like directing that film with a crew and a cast and all that stuff? What, what was that experience for you? Not, it was not easy. It was, it, not- it was no, because I had, I had, back in the 90s, student films. Yeah. So, I hadn't directed anything in probably like 10 years. Yeah. So my first day on there, John had kind of had to mentor me Mm -hmm. to get back into it. Yeah. Because I just didn't, I mean, it really kind of came out as like action. Yeah. You know, because I just was so unsure of myself. By the end of it, it was much better. I mean, it was basically a four or five day shoot. Mm -hmm. So by day five, then it was action. I was very confident. And, but that very first day, it was like terrifying. Yeah. What what did you learn from the first Axmas? Like, what were the the pros and the cons? Like, you know, the things that you can do better next time, obviously, and like the things that you like go, oh, I'm not going to do that again. Um, basically, well, Axmas Two is a better film yeah. because we learn from those mistakes, yep. and uh, so working with the effects better, mm-hmm. figuring out camera angles, making uh, getting like a better shot list. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's in your head doesn't really work, even though I did have one. Yeah, I I, but, I understand that. I understand that. When people tell me ideas, they're like, I want to do this. I'm like, oh, got it. Then you go to the location. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And and so it's it's also just kind of working with the actors and crew. Yeah. Is you have to be confident and show them that you're confident. Mm. And I wasn't at first. Yeah. Going into Axmas 2, it was it was very simple. It was camera goes there, you go there, yeah. I'm gonna go get myself a cup of coffee, I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, then it was done. Yeah. But on part one, it wasn't. It yeah. was it just did not have that confidence in me. And then uh going into Axmas two, what else did you like what like yeah, I know you progressively better each time you make a film, obviously. Now what did you learn from Axmas two going into now Axmas three and four? That you would go, okay, what can we do to improve the uh, next Axmas? Uh, really, um, each each film has uh, a different cinematographer. Okay. Normally, that cinematographer has also edited the film okay. and done post-production. Gotcha. So I'm kind of going into that same direction with, mm. with three will have a different person and then four yeah. will have a different person. 
but really knowing that person's work. Yeah. And if you have to, putting your foot down. Yeah. So, and that's that's actors, crew, and all that. Mm. They could do the same with me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, if, if you don't like how I'm talking to you or, or you don't think a character would say this or do that, yeah. I have no problem with it. But the buck stops with me. Yeah. And unfortunately, through up to this point is I've kind of not done that. Yeah. Is I've kind of given that freedom. Yeah. Which... I've learned is not necessarily the best thing to do. Yeah, because it's your baby also, too. And, you know, I mean, like, you wrote, obviously, all four of the Axemases. Yeah. And then, like, you know, giving that free, like, you know, not keeping that power in a sense. You're kind of giving it to people. And it's, like, you know what I mean? Where now they kind of have that creative control. And it's, even though the, you had the final say, but still, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's, it's, I think when you get to a point, like, you have um, Ashley Campbell is coming back for the third time as yeah. Sarah. If, if she wants to sit there and say, hey, John, I really don't think Sarah would do this. Yeah. Well, you've already done it two other times. Yeah. I'm going to listen to you. Drew Marvick's coming back for a second time. Mm -hmm. If he wants to say that, yeah. I understand it. He's played it before. But if you've never played that character, like, well, I don't think she would say that. Well, how do you know? Yeah. You know, you, you it, have no idea. It's kind of like, uh, um, also like what you're saying, too. It reminds me of like what I heard on the Office Ladies podcast where Jenna Fisher and uh, Angela, Angela Kenny talk about the Office episodes. And they talk about how new writers would come and write about the characters, but they didn't know anything about them. And they're like, no, they'll, they don't know this. So like, it's, it's that same. Yeah. yeah. You're saying, yeah. So yeah, you do, you do have to listen to people and, and you kind of pick yeah. and choose what you want and they, you know, they have to know that. Yeah. Um, I always try to treat people with respect and I try to treat them the best as yeah. possible. We have, you know, coffee, yeah. we, you know, we got the, the craft service mm -hmm. and we, they get dinner. And if it's cold out, we make sure blankets and yeah. heaters are there. I always, um, all my stuff has distribution. Mm. So I give them a DVD yeah. no matter what it's, it's, they, the film has distribution. Yeah. They have a copy of that movie. It may take them a year to get it, but some people take 10 years to bring out a movie yeah. and it never gets distribution. How did you, if I ask, how did you get distribution? How, how did you, how did you end up getting distribution? It started out with Brad Twig. Okay. Cause then that went through his company, um, Fuzzy Monkey. Okay. And then that turned into Wild Eye. Gotcha. So now when I work with Brad, um, normally that's how it works. He releases it and it goes through Wild Eye. Aximus, because I have two distribution deals yeah. set up. I have one with Brad and then I have one with uh, Todd Cook, uh, which is through Scream Time Films. So each of them get a copy of the movie, but they get different special features. Mm. Brad, because oh. Aximus will always be in an anthology, won't have credits. Yeah. Todd's will. Gotcha. So both of them get distribution. Yeah. And that's how... Um, Axis one and two got on the two B is through Todd Cook. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. And then also going to the anthology real quick. Let me ask you this because I, I I feel like whenever I see an anthology film or anything of that nature, there's always a there's always a um, common thread between them. Is there any common threads between the anthology and the Axis? Like kind of in the same? No. No. Oh, it's just, and no. Okay. It's 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 kind of it, it's. Brad Brad liked Aximus, yeah. so I so we made a deal, which was okay. Whenever I make an Aximus, you can release it. Gotcha. But that may be the only holiday themed movie in the anthology. Gotcha. Okay, I understand now. I was just wondering because it's just yeah. a curiosity thing. Um, so also between Aximus, were you directing or acting in other things? You know, in that nature, what were uh, you doing? Smaller stuff. I I put together uh two like short found footage films. Yeah. And uh, one called uh, Cannibal, which also goes by The Hike. Okay. And then also another one called If I Can't Have You, yeah. um, which both, is about obsession. Both found footage? Both found footage. What was it like? What's it like uh, doing a found footage film? How did you like doing that? 
Those were interesting. Um, I'm a big fan of found footage. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with it, where I know yeah. some people do. Um, some are better than others, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I am, with found footage, I am much more open okay. to having suggestions because it's all draw up an outline. Yeah. And because the first one we did was um, If I Can't Have You, mm -hmm. uh, which is about uh, uh, two women, one of and the one woman gets it's a lesbian relationship mm -hmm. and the one woman gets dumped. She's obsessed. And now her uh, her partner or ex-partner, yeah. who I guess would be more bisexual, is dating a guy. Oh, OK. And she's stalking them. And then, of course, something bad happens mm -hmm. at the end. So the entire time is uh, Julie Prescott is. Yeah there and she's filming them with um i think it's with my phone okay and so she's stalking um uh, selena and, and gotham who are the two actors and we put together i basically just put together an outline yeah and in the outline i put key things to say yeah and key things to do yeah and it's like you have free reign to do what else you know whatever you want so a found footage in, in what you did it was for this one uh was more like in, in, improv in a sense then Yes, yeah, as, as long as you, as long as they brought up certain things, yeah. you know, make sure you say this bit of dialogue. Yeah. Make sure you, after you say this dialogue, you turn to your left. That mm -hmm. type of thing. I was more open to them. Uh, there's a very emotional scene uh, with Julie, where I, where she's at a car mm -hmm. and she's basically having a breakdown, and I left her alone. Yeah. I said, "You, you go for it. Just if you can, just make sure you, these couple of things are said." Yeah. And I left her alone to let her, you know, to do her own thing. When she was done, I came back out. Yeah, I, I, I always found that interesting. Found footage too, because like, where, where do the cast and crew kind of go for when they're making it? Like, do they have like walk really far away from like the Camerons and all that stuff? Because if they're you know turning around and doing all this shit, like you know, you're gonna see the cast, well, the other crew members and stuff like that. So what? Where did you? Where did you go now? That I ask. Like, you just like walk away like a hundred feet or something like that and go. All right. For if I can't have you, I was behind Julie. Oh, okay, you're behind. So you. as she's walking or she's in her car, I'm kind of ducked down in the back gotcha. seat. Uh, my effects artist, uh, Miranda Dudley, mm -hmm. she was upstairs in Selena's house preparing the effects. Gotcha. And then for like Cannibal, we did the same type of thing where I wrote out the outline. This is what you guys are supposed mm -hmm. to say. And, um, you know, you had uh, Mindy and you had John yeah. and, you know, Miranda was there and you had all these different people. And Mindy took the, she actually, she didn't use my phone. She used my, uh, my Canon Rebel. Yeah. And um, she was holding it like it was meant to be like a VHS camera. So yeah. she was kind of holding it a little more heavy. Yeah. And once again, you know, I'm, she's in like a ravine yeah. and I'm standing back and I would just poke my head over and she'd be like, well, I want to try this. I want to do this and all that. I'm like, okay, well just make sure you say those lines. Okay, no problem. And then I'd just hide behind yeah. something yell out action she would rock along the ravine just pulling the camera at her yeah and then she she would be like i'm done and then i'd go down check it out yeah. i'd be like oh yeah that's perfect yeah and then i'd be like all right let's let's move on to the to the next scene yeah and then how like audio wise too because you're not really booming or anything of that nature like what is it just through the camera audio that you're using for those type of found footage films to make it more authentic in a sense too yeah the phone was the phone recording that was and then for the Canon is we used, um, uh, it was the sound in the camera, but whatever sounds, cause we're out in the desert. Yeah. We heard gunfire. Like oh, there was wow. a gun range. Yeah. And at first it was like, damn, you know, we all of all days. Yeah. But then I told her it was like, um, Hey, use it to your advantage. Yeah. So whenever we would hear gunfire, she'd be like gunfire. Damn it. Where's that coming from? Yeah. And so we just used it. So it was like a free sound effect. Yeah. 
And then, so that's how we did that. That's perfect. Yeah. And, and then, anything else you were doing between the Axmases? Um, Skull Evil was okay. another film that that I did, which was a um, not found footage, uh, but it's a. Um, I wanted to kind of do like a cosmic horror film. Okay. And so it's a. It also goes under the title Green Mist, and it's about this green mist that if you if you're not even in it, if mm-hmm. it's just around. It instantly changes you into a skeleton. Oh, okay. So the the way that I did it, because I needed to do it basically with zero effects pretty much. Yeah. Is um the skeletons we already had. Mm-hmm. And um so Miranda made all those up and we went out and got a bunch of goo, like yeah. green slime. Okay. So we we would be talking here and and I'd be like, Hey, how are you doing? And I'd look over here and then I'd look back and boom, you're a skeleton. <laughs> so all we did was cut. Yeah. And, and uh, Mikey O'Brien, who was the lead in that, is that he, I would just say, okay, cut, stay yeah. right there. You would get out. We put the skeleton in action. And he'd look back and now you're a skeleton. Yeah. He'd be like, what's going on? Yeah. And so we did that one too. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, like, just, and, well, Cosmic Horror too, like, you know, just doing that. Like, would you say now you're just a horror director then? Or do you, like, other projects? that you want like other projects you've done? I want to do more science fiction. Okay. Science fiction. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite besides close encounters, another science fiction movie that both well, star Wars, obviously never mind. That's that answers <laughs> my question. I was like, oh, never, never mind. Well, I mean, recently I'm yeah. more into stuff. Um, like I just watched, um, at Estrada. Okay. The, the, uh, oh, the Brad Pitt, Pitt movie. How yeah. was that? I absolutely loved it. I saw my watch list on HBO max. I still need to watch it. I, it's beautiful. It's got a great soundtrack. Yeah. He is, but a lot of people might look at him and just say, like, he's not really acting. He is. He just doesn't have a ton of dialogue. Yeah. Um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it kind of follows, like, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Uh-huh. It, it has that mood and feel yeah. and, and style to it. I fell asleep twice to Blade Runner 2049, sadly. Oh, see, then you might fall asleep in this. I know. It, it's I'm, pretty, it's slow paced. I, I mean, I love I love the first Blade Runner, but the second one, it, well, the, okay, the first time I saw Blade Runner 2049, I literally worked from four to one. Then I didn't take a nap. So I went to get sushi and then I had all you can eat sushi. And then I went to the movies right after that. So I think that's the blame. And then the second time I was needed a nap. Yeah. I need, I need a really hard nap. I think I, my, uh, the person I was with at the time was like, you're snoring. I'm like, Oh <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a long movie yeah. too. I mean, you have to kind of pay attention to okay. it. And um, so I, and I love cosmic horror. Yeah. So I'm even putting together an anthology yeah. for that. Okay, cool. Where I reached out to people, and um, from what I'm hearing now is they're they're now filming. So a couple of them are filming this week, and some are within like. What do you like about Cosmic Horror the most? The well, I'm a big uh, Lovecraft fan. Okay, and I love the just the unknown mm-hmm. of it. Like, why did this happen? Yeah, and nobody can explain it. And it's the 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 colors, the ooh the the weirdness of it that you can get away with a lot of stuff and just yeah. not explain it. I mean, in the Mouth of Madness, John Carpenter's film yeah. is one of the weirdest movies made. Oh, okay, and I that's seen that, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great film, and that's okay, yeah, cosmic that. horror. The thing, his version yeah. of the thing, is cosmic horror. Great movie too. And then yeah. uh, what's the other one? Not the uh, Slayer. Sla- um, to the Slayer, or is it? The one with the devil, right? It. I'm blanking now on the movie. Oh, Prince of Darkness. Yeah, thank you. That's the one. I was thinking something else because it has the same like looking uh, cover art on the TV. I, I want to see Prince of Darkness too. Is that cos- is that cosmic horror technically? I guess you you might be able to put that in there because of the of what's in the in the big cylinder yeah. that's in there. 
you know, that's part of his uh, Apocalypse trilogy. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's like the Beach House yeah. is Cosmic Horror, which is great. Um, the Endless. Okay. Uh, there, there's a few other ones yeah, that yeah. are out. I mean, even something like Event Horizon is considered as Cosmic Horror. Okay, gotcha. I, I haven't seen Event Horizon either. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's another I, great one. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, it's finicky for me with horror films, so I like more, the, I lean more towards the slasher ones than like, like maybe Cosmic Horror or like even... Uh, like exorcism movies because I feel like they're too they like cosmic horror can become real I feel like at one time because again we don't know what's out in space and that's what makes it very dangerous in the sense right. too and then like even and the exorcism style movies I can't watch because I'm like this shit's too real I feel like for me personally and I'm like I'm more of the slasher type guy so that Got that's it. my that's my uh, preference of, of choice well that Nicolas Cage film that came out that uh, uh, Color of Outer Space oh I didn't see that one that's that's um cosmic horror okay and that's lovecraft that's taken okay. right from the story i'm gonna check that out what you said what's it called again the color of outer space the color of i outer might space. be getting the, the title slightly okay off. i have to look up that one I guess but yeah and, and he's crazy in it i mean it, it's, well, it's nick cage he's yeah. always crazy yeah so <laughs> it, it's it's and then probably the the last thing that i i did was um my first feature okay what was that like that was meet up massacre four okay so you didn't do the first three you did the fourth one Right. So what was it like? All right, here's, here's some questions. What was it like doing the fourth movie of a Meat Hook Massacre th- series already? If I have to do a comparison, yeah. and I'm not saying my films are like these films at all, yeah. but just from my perspective, so if Aximus is the Godfather, okay. <laughs> Aximus 2 is Godfather 2, okay. Meat Hook Massacre is Apocalypse Now. Okay, okay. All right. That was the the nightmare of making Meat Hook Massacre for. Oh my gosh! Why was it such a nightmare in that regard? It it was something that at the time maybe I wasn't prepared to do. Okay. Um, it was a huge undertaking. What what made you feel like you were underprepared to do it? If I may ask. Um, it was I probably should have done something smaller mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And been more prepared that way. But I mean, I, I had everything I needed. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a big enough crew okay um there were certain people that worked on the film Mm -hmm. that lied um and said that they could do certain things and they did it and they couldn't do it interesting uh question also though too going back to saying that you were underprepared and you should do something smaller but you kind of though did though with axmas though wouldn't you feel like you were prepared by then like doing i I thought i was okay i thought i was i mean the film turned out fine i mean it's 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 edited and yeah, I yeah. made up a DVD and it's out yeah. there. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. It's fine. If you watched it, you'd probably think there was, it just looks like a typical indie yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, it looks fine. Yeah. But it's, if I were to do um, like an, a, an, a truthful name all audio commentary, like call yeah. everybody out, I would probably have a lot of enemies. Wow. So it, it's it's one of those films where. I could not, I didn't edit the film mm. and it went through a process. Okay. And I'm, I don't want to name names of people. You can plead the fifth on this show. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That I didn't know how to use the, the uh, editing software at the yeah, time, yeah. Premiere Pro. I okay. do now. Okay. So back then I had to find an editor. Oh shit. That just reminded me too. That and it, going back for a second, there are two found footage films because you said your camera person usually edits the films. Who did that? Did you just have an editor in general for that? Like I, I've edited everything um, except for Axis One, Two, and Meat Hook Four. Okay, just just wondering. Just yeah, back to that real quick. Yeah, yeah, because that's uh, Skull Evil was the first editing job I did. Okay, um, I kind of threw myself in it to just learn it. 
Um, and then I did like three additional cuts of the movie. Gotcha. I did like two, two or three cuts of Cannibal. Yeah. So I've I've gone back and I've re-edited all these films okay. to kind of just learn how to use it. Yeah. yeah. So, but with that, with with Meat Hook is we just I just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I gave it to the hands of a couple other people. Yeah. Who I felt just did not live up to what I would have done with the film mm. if I was in the same room with them. Yeah. There were just certain takes I wouldn't have used. Yeah. Um, music I wouldn't have put in. Yeah. Um, I only really, I mean, I blame myself, yeah, yeah. you know, a hundred percent on yeah. things, but I do blame other people for things too, for not having good communication. That, yeah. I mean, that does suck. I mean, if I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a dick. Did you not have, did you not be able to be, do a director's cut or a director's pass where they're like, Hey, tell us what you think. What, like they didn't let you like even see the footage or anything of that nature and go, here's the final cut. Bye. I was, I was basically told I could not do a director's cut now that I know how to use the software. Yeah. Um, I think that's bullshit. I feel like that they should let you have a director's cut. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know the situation, but I think that's bullshit. Oh, eventually there probably will be one. Eventually. No. Yeah. I think there should be. And I think that's unfair, especially you as the director, um, making this film, it's your vision. The editors do have a vision in a sense of picking, you know, scenes and stuff like that, but they should talk to you. Obviously, like you said, no communication there in that part, but they should at least talk to you and be like, Hey, what do you think? Hey, How's this looking to like, do we need to change anything? Yeah, I gave, I gave notes. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, um, the, it basically, there were about five different editors on that. Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry, yeah. my French. <laughs> and, and, and it ended up being two editors, which then went down to one editor. Yeah. And I had notes and those notes were ignored and I did not get along with the first editor yeah. and we weren't seeing the same vision. And yeah. then the, the, the second editor on it, uh, um, and I will say this is, is the creator of the series. Yeah. Um, he ignored my notes. And so what I have is probably, it's probably the best version mm-hmm. of what somebody else could give me yeah. without me giving input. Yeah. And plus, I mean, it's the, if the creator's doing the editing too, it's kind of a tough, like, you know, it's like a, yeah, pick your battles, I guess, or you know, or pick your losses too. In a sense, you know, what I mean, like that's tough because like he's, yeah. not, you know, like especially like you doing the fourth one, like especially there's three already there. I, I mean, that's a tough challenge to begin with. Yeah, and, and, and now, now I fully understand why you kind of regret <laughs> doing that. not regret, but like you know, like, I, I mean, if I had the opportunity, I probably you know, if somebody offered to me it today, I would probably turn it down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did get to, you know, to work with Brink Stevens yeah. and that was pretty great. And, and you probably learned so much from that, like set in general too. I, it, it, it basically jaded me oh, wow. to, yeah, yeah, to where, um, my, I, I went through a deep depression with oh, it. Shit. Okay. And uh, it, it's, if, if I would look at footage, mm-hmm. I would actually get ill. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it took me about a year to get over that. And, okay. and now I can actually go I'm, back. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So it, it's now that the film is available, yeah. it's like okay, good. I'm glad that I yeah, have yeah. it. It it is considered it is considered to be the best in the series. All right, and um, critics have said so. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I mean, there's been reviews out there. Yeah, um, yeah. Everybody says it's the best in the series. They're already up to part six. They're going to be Holy making part seven. Shit. Yeah, and there were things on it where agreements were made yeah. that were not followed up, which is why I made my own DVD. Because I basically had about, I want to say like 30 people who I owed a DVD to yeah. from crowdfunding from Indiegogo. Yeah. And it was the the 
only person who was making money off of this had it on their own streaming site. Oh. And you had to pay for it. Oh. And he got the money and I got nothing. And I kept asking, when is this DVD coming out? Yeah. And they were, and I would never get an answer. In fact, I got threatened to be sued. Jesus. And yeah, I, I now no longer talk to this person. And um, so I, a few people got in contact with me, like yeah. other filmmakers who I only knew from Facebook, but they private messaged me and said, dude, you, you got to release this. You yeah. have to, because I know people who gave money and they're never going to give money to you again. And so I'm just like, okay. Yeah. So I took that cut of the film mm -hmm. and I created my own DVD. I yeah. went through Kanaki yeah. and I got, um, I got like 70 copies of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I gave them all the casting crew. I gave them to all the crowdfunding yeah. people. And then I kept like 10 copies for myself. Mm -hmm. So if anybody wanted to buy one to put it into their collection, they wouldn't buy the movie itself. Mm -hmm. They would basically pay for shipping and handling. Gotcha. So it's like, give me five bucks. You get the movie for free. You're just paying for shipping and handling the bag, that yeah, yeah. type of thing. If I have a poster, you know, give me yeah. five more bucks. I'll throw that in. So nobody physically paid for the film. Mm -hmm. They just paid either for the poster or just poster and shipping and handling. Gotcha. And now everybody has a copy of it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where while putting together the DVD, I, I kind of, I got to like the movie. Yeah. It's a lot better than, than what I thought of it before. Yeah. Films roughly now, I want to say almost two years old. Yeah. But it's something down the road where I probably won't acknowledge as much. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy that it's out there yeah. for the people that were owed it. Yeah, yeah. So it's which I think was very unfair for the creator of the series to keep yeah. making money off of this yeah. and not give it to somebody, you know, not give it to those people. And it's also your first feature as well yeah. too as a as a huge like, you know, stepping stone A and B and a whole, uh, probably not a huge I don't know, is it was it a huge learning curve for you to do it from a feature to a short? I mean, I I don't think it is, but just to ask that question in general. Um, I, I think that people should get out there and just do as much as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, uh, today I, I worked on a, a Joe Lujan short okay. and I, you know, I worked up, I was sound, I worked yeah. with, with the uh, lights and, um, Joe and I have now worked on, on a few projects together, well, several projects yeah. together now. And, um, he's actually going to be working on Axmas three. Oh, nice. He's going to be, uh, yeah, he's going to be shooting it. He's going to be shooting ghoul, which okay. is my second feature. Okay. What's, uh, uh what's cool about? Ghoul is, um, it's a, uh, a woman moves into a house that she thinks is haunted mm. and it's not is we find out probably about a quarter of the way through, maybe a little further yeah. that it's actually a female ghoul who's living in the attic. Interesting. And she becomes obsessed with this, with this woman who's, yeah. uh, she's a freelance photographer. And so when people come by, like there's a, a burglar who the ghoul kills, yeah. a nosy next door neighbor, uh, the ghoul kills that person that she starts getting kind of obsessed yeah. and wiping out all these people. And it's more gothic horror. Okay. So there's going to be, it actually has more of a feel of the original black Christmas. Okay. Where you're kind of seeing that eye in the door yeah, yeah, yeah. or just the hand that comes around the corner and that's all you see. Yeah. It's going to have that more feeling or like a hammer movie, you okay. know? Um, so it, it's, that's going to be, what I consider to be my, really my first feature. Okay. Will be Ghoul. All right. So Meat Massacre is kind of like the, eh. the, the practice. The practice. Yeah. The practice. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'll call it. The practice. Uh, yeah. So Ghoul is the the actual like let's do this. Are how excited are you for Ghoul? I'm very excited because yeah. it's it's not part of a series. It's not holiday themed. Yeah. It's just a, a straightforward horror movie. 
Um, I did some research and I can't find anything that deals with a ghoul that's like this. Yeah. Especially a female ghoul. Because the ghoul is supposed to kind of look like Gollum type of thing. Okay. From like, a, you know, Lord of the Rings. Yes. So she's going to be all kind of messed up in yeah, the yeah. face and hunched over because she's living in the attic. Mm. And um, so that should be really good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that quite a nice. bit. Nice, nice. And then um, then you're doing that. Anything else besides the act? The three, when are you filming three and four? I saw this back to back. Back to back. Well, our crowdfunding campaign is not going as well as I had hoped. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we hit the 3K, we're going to film three and four back to back. Yeah. Um, it looks like I might only be able to do part three. Okay. Maybe I'll do another crowdfunding campaign down the road mm-hmm. or I'll just fund it myself like yeah. I did the first two. Okay. But that's either going to be probably maybe like spring mm-hmm. of next year or okay. a little closer to Christmas. Gotcha. You know, maybe like a, a November thing of next year. And then Ghoul will be, um, Ghoul will kind of be like smack in the middle. Yeah. And that we're going to kind of take our time with for a year to yeah, just yeah. get everything perfect. Understandable. I mean... Uh, also, just to give you uh, some transparency too, I don't know if I told you, but this episode will be out next year. So it'll be out in like either the end of January or February, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're episode 60. I've had to look back at my notes about stuff. Okay. So we'll, we'll episode 60. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, by the time this is out, you'll probably be starting to film Axmas 3 then. And then um, then hopefully we'll have you back on for talking about Ghoul when you get finished with that too. Yeah, yeah, well. that'd be yeah. great. I mean, there's there's always... it, it It's... My advice to people is just, you know, you obviously, you want to know as much as possible yeah. and meet as many people, but you also just don't want to take every project that comes along. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, at one point I was working on, and they weren't my films, I was just helping on crew. Mm-hmm. I think I was working on like three or four movies in one week. Holy where shit. I'd get off work, drive straight to the yeah. set, go to work, drive straight to the set. Not, not, yeah. And one of the directors said, you know, uh, John Ward, the hardest working man in Vegas. Yeah. Because I was just hitting it all the yeah. time, which is fine because you can learn stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's, I'm now at that point where I don't have to do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I can kind of pick and choose what I want to do. Yeah. And I do get offers like, hey, you know, would you like to be part of this anthology? Yeah. I've turned up, I've, I turned some down. I yeah. just don't. I just am not. I just want to focus on like Axmas, yeah. Ghoul, and then if I really like the anthology or the producer or filmmaker that's asking mm-hmm. me, sure, sure, because yeah. I'm I'm going to be shooting a short um, uh, that uh, Phil Herman and uh, Dustin Hubbard are doing mm-hmm. that um, be probably about ten minutes. Okay, and I like both of them. They've yeah. been very good to me, and I like the product that they brought out. So sure, I'll I'll do yeah. you know like a ten minute you know short film. Yeah, so it's like. Do as much as you can, learn as much as you can, work with as many people as you can yeah. so you can network, but also be choosy at the same time. Yeah. So you just don't want to work on every single thing that comes your way. Yeah. Because then you, like I said, you'll probably get burnt out, even though you're the hardest working man in Vegas yeah. at the moment. Uh, so any other projects that I'm going to, before we go into our second half of the show, any other projects besides Ghoul and Axmas 3 that that no anything else because i mean you kind of mentioned like you're not kind of just taking whatever you want kind of picking and choosing but also just doing those focusing on those two yeah it, it's it's um i'm still working on those scripts i mean yeah. there's ideas i would yeah. like to do a scully evil three uh, two and three okay um i have ideas for those but those would also be short so okay. 20 minutes maybe yeah. 30 at most um i do have other ideas for uh, uh stuff after ghoul that i want to mm-hmm. do like a film called maid of honor 
Okay. Which is like a single white female, the roommate, hand that rocks the cradle. I was kind of thinking ghoul was when you were explaining to me single white female a little bit i was kind of getting that like with the explanation but i haven't seen single white female in a long time and i just remembered a little bit of the premise of it so like i don't know why ghoul was kind of bring like give me a uh, single white female vibes Am i correct to kind of say that or no she well yeah single white female because you do have the the character that becomes yeah. obsessed with the other yeah one. yeah so th this is uh, uh but it's not it's not kind of like a dot, dot, dot from hell movie. So yeah, it's yeah. not like the roommate or something like mm -hmm. that, but there is that obsession element yeah. in it. Which yeah. Is, which by the way, single white female, I feel like gets no, not, not much love lately. It hasn't gotten much love in a long time. No, it's a great film. It's a great film. I feel like, no, I mean, I remember it was on TV a couple of times, but like I was super young when I saw it, but I haven't seen it on TV in a long time. So it's not one of those things that comes on the TV as much anymore, or it's not even like any streaming service I know of too. Cause I was mm. explaining to someone and they're like, what single white female? I'm like, Oh fuck! I explain this movie to you now, Jesus. Well, and 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 if you're a guy watching it, you get yeah. you know Brigitte Fonda and yep. Jennifer Jason Leigh, and yeah. it's it's got these two great actresses in it. Who, yeah, you know, throughout the whole film are incredibly sexy, and you just want to keep you know continue watching yeah. it. Yeah, and um, so that's why I own it. It's, yeah, it's a great movie. Plus, it has two actresses who a even really the, good. Yeah, yeah, who just really play off of each other really well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but I think other films. Because that's a legit good movie, yeah, it doesn't get as much hype as, let's say, The Crush, yeah, where that's a bad one. It's great, but <laughs> yeah. it's bad. Oh, so if you mention The Crush, people go, "Oh yeah, the girl from yeah. Clueless is in that," because they because it's bad. Yeah, so a lot of people know it. Oh, I just saw Velocipaster. Ah, uh, did you see that? I haven't, but I've seen the trailer many oh, times. Oh my god, I I, it's on our new show, Chasing the Shame. I have to plug it real quick. That's funny. So we watch really bad movies and we kind of just say if they're shame or fame. <laughs> and I swear to God, that was an hour of my life. I feel like there's 75 minutes of my life. Just like, what am I watching? This is just so <laughs> interestingly bad. <laughs> I think I was like, I was actually yawning. I'm like, I don't know if I'm tired or I'm just really bored with this movie. I can't really, t I don't know. I don't know which it is yet. So. I think it's more of a title thing. Yeah. That, that's the, they came up with the title and, yeah. and they're like, oh, everybody's going to want to see this. It's also like, if I'm not mistaken, the guy who made it made a trailer for it like a handful of years prior. And I think that's when Kung Fury was kind of like big too. Okay. So I, th I, I don't know exactly. It's been a long time, so I can't really, I'm just theorizing here. So I'm guessing it was kind of going off to the Kung Fury uh, style of like, filming in a sense sure yeah sure. trying to be like cheesy like that i don't know i saw it as more of a homage to amateur college films when i watched that film I'm like i get the spectacle of it but i'm like that, that was my, yeah, yeah. eventually i'll watch it yeah. you know I'll, I'll, it, it's definitely got oh, enough uh, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out you'll watch i'll it. watch it yeah so. you'll tell me and and, oh, and before we move on i do want to say that because i've i've, I've talked very poorly of, yeah. of meat hook four is i do want to point out that 98 percent of the people who worked on that worked incredibly hard yeah. and i would recommend them for for everything so cast and crew yeah. uh location mm -hmm. all of that stuff is that all shot in vegas um, a quarter of it was shot in Vegas okay. and then the other was in Pahrump. Gotcha. Uh, um, so it, it's, uh, I just want to say that because I did say like, oh, I'd get a lot of enemies of it, yeah. this, this thing. And it's, it's, that's true and not true at the same time. But I, I just want to make it clear that yeah. I, I appreciate everybody who worked on it. Um, I worked very hard to make them happy. They yeah. worked very hard to make me happy in, in a good film. Yeah. So. Like I said, 98% of those people I would definitely recommend. Yeah. 
And um, I think that they they gave a hundred percent of what they could for that film. It just it was just one of those experiences. Yeah. And a lot of them I think have that same experience. Yeah. I understand because I've I've had experience like that as well. And like I mean I love everyone I worked with on crew and stuff like that. But then like you said, that with a movie like that, you have the experience of like the overall product just feels like for me, it was like everything else was falling apart and it just didn't feel right. But the crew I I recommend anyone on the crew that I worked with on any film. Yeah, there was it, just just I'll say this last thing and then and then we can move on, I guess. It it's like I was I was told by the creator yeah. that I wasn't feeding my crew. And but yet I maxed out two credit cards. Holy shit. Because I I took the entire cast and crew to McDonald's and they could order anything they wanted yeah. to. If they wanted to order a dollar burger, that's fine. Yeah. If you want to get a Big Mac for three dollars, yeah, that's fine. And I think I spent on both those days two hundred dollars yeah. each day, giving them food. Yeah. There was another day that we ordered something like five pizzas. Yeah. I mean, I maxed out all my credit cards. Yeah. So it's like I'm not understanding where this negativity is coming in. Yeah. When if somebody wanted, you know, if, if there was a vegetarian, I made sure to get a vegetarian pizza. Yeah. If somebody yeah, yeah. wanted meat, they got a meat pizza. Yeah. It's like I don't get it, and that's yeah. where that ninety, that two percent of the ninety eight comes in. It it's kind of crazy too because it really shouldn't be. I mean. This, again, my opinion, it shouldn't be your job to feed the crew also. It should be in the budget of the of the the film, I feel like. So I feel like that person... Never, I don't, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Because <laughs> now I'm perplexed. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's, it's a very confusing yeah. film, but it, it's everybody did do a great job. And, yeah. And I do thank them, so... <laughs> so now we'll go on to the next part of the, the, the podcast, which is where we talk about the film community in Vegas talk about the good the bad and what can we do to improve so the strengths weaknesses and what can we do to get to the next level okay all right so i think everyone loves the strengths first so let's start with that first the say it again the strengths oh the strengths yeah um i had no idea when i moved out here that vegas even had a film community and it wasn't until like the the drug seek yeah. thing came along um it's a growing community yeah and i think that people support each other uh quite a bit yeah um, there are some really good filmmakers out here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, people like Drew Marvick, yeah. there's Heidi Moore, uh, yeah. the Mahals, you yeah. know, the Mahal brothers and, um, who I, I worked on one of their films. Mm-hmm. I worked on uh, art of the dead Okay, and I had a great experience. Yeah. I have nothing bad to say about them at all. They treated everybody perfectly and I would work with them again. Um, same thing with like Heidi Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked on, I think two films with her now. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Selena, who goes by uh, Selena, she dead. Mm. Um, I've worked on two shorts with her now, um, and she's worked with me. Uh, Drew, I've worked on you know yeah. a couple things with. So I, I think it's just a growing. Uh, Nicholas Grant is yeah. another one. I'd, I'd plug him too. So there, there's a he's fair on the podcast, Nick. So yeah, yeah, he's he's a nice guy. Yeah. So there are a good amount of filmmakers, and I meet new ones all the time. I mean, it, it's a. Uh, uh, so there's definitely enough people out here yeah. that if you're on Facebook, all you got to kind of do is just be friends with one of them. Yeah. And most of the people on their friends list are, yeah. are filmmakers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And just start friending them all and, and communicating. <laughs> that's actually what I do to get people on the podcast. I, just, <laughs> I find people and then I'm like, all right, let me friend this person. Let me friend this person. And I'll reach out to everyone I can. So Yeah. You, you just have to do a good yeah. job on it. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's kind of also how I met like Joe Lujan yeah. is that it's, you know, he's another great guy out here. Yeah. It, you just, you need to be, you just need to do your yeah. job. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're working for free, whatever it is. Yeah. 
you just have to do because a lot of times they'll work on your films. Mm -hmm. So that's a strength is, is I've worked with Drew. Well, I should say Drew's worked with me twice. Yeah. I've worked with Drew on, on one of his films and I'll work with him again on pool party massacre too. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, and then with Joe, we just trade off back and forth. Yeah. So today with him, I worked for free, but then yeah. I asked him, Hey, I got some visual effects questions yeah. for you. And then, you know, so he may take on some of those visual effects. Mm. So it's it's a trade-off. Yeah. You, you got to do your job and you got to be respectful. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the whole thing. Understandable. I'm trying to get, I, I've reached out to Drew and I reached out to Joe about being on the podcast, but they never answered me. So I wonder if they messaged them again. <laughs> yeah, I think I think both of them would be great to have on. Yeah. And um, Drew, like I said, is he's got a great personality yeah. and... Uh, He's he's definitely one of those guys out there that when I first met him and yeah. he was in a crowd of people, I went, there he is. <laughs> he just has that look. Yeah. And uh with Joe, I think that he's gonna be um and Drew knows his movies too. Yeah. And and but with Joe, it's I I told him this too, is I said, I think at some point you are gonna be directing Marvel movies. Yeah. Because of like the Immortal Wars. Yeah. So I it, it's even though they're technically low budget, yeah. I think they look better and are better films than some of the Marvel movies, mm -hmm. especially the DC movies. Hey, but hey, <laughs> hey, I, I prefer DC over Marvel. But hey. I'm sorry, Justice League was awful. It okay, was, okay, yeah, that's the whole that that <laughs> sir is a whole other ball of wax that we can get into, and I'm really excited for the Snyder's cut. So hopefully, so am I. Yeah. So am I. I'm, I'm a big Snyder fan. I'm sorry to uh, tangent real quick, but did yeah. you see that he posted on uh, November? Today's the 11th, right? Yeah, there's a post. About him showing a Martian Manhunter. Oh, really? Yeah, him on his. He has a phone, and he has him by the phone. It has Martian Manhunter on it. So I'm pretty sure Martian Manhunter might be in the Justice League, Zack Snyder Justice League. Or I think so. Or they're also talking about a sequel too already. Yeah, because they're saying that uh, Jared Leto is, yeah. is coming back as a Joker. They're gonna show Jared Leto kill Robin apparently in this in the thing because like. I had a, me and my friend who does the audio engineering for this podcast, Mark, we had a discussion about this and I'm like, bro, like it's a four part show. They need to fucking fill time. They need all right. this shit. Like it, if it's a four hour cut, that's an hour each episode. Like who knows what they're going to add? Like if it's like, if it's six episodes, that's like, you need six hours of fucking TV. Right. Fuck, right. Fuck. Well, they said they wanted it to be like the Mandalorian. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so you would have the original that yeah. he shot with the new stuff yeah. and then brand new stuff for season two. And even even that too, it's like, you know, they want, they, they don't have a Game of Thrones anymore. So this would be a perfect, like, thing for them if they can just run it like two or four seasons. If right. Think about it. So there's a, there's a lot there. But going back, sorry. <laughs> tangent off real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Continue your, uh, what you're saying. Well, sorry. I think that that kind of, Kind of in strengths. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, it's just, just do your job and yeah. don't, don't screw people over mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just do the best to your ability. Yeah. You know, I like today, you know, working on Joe's film, I, I did sound and lighting. Yeah. That was my job. Yeah. You know, I threw a couple suggestions out there, yeah. made a few jokes, whatever it is. Yeah. But overall, if you're doing sound and you're doing lighting, that's your job. Yeah. You're not the director. Stay so in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now if you're the director, direct. Yeah. That's fine. But you have to respect the people that you're working with. Understandable. And watch them. Always yeah. watch what they're doing because you can always pick up stuff too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now, uh, any more strengths before we move on to the next part? I think that's about it. All right. Weaknesses. What do you think are the weaknesses of the Vegas film community? Entirely sure. Not sure? No, because oh. I've, I've had... That's a, This is a first action on the podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, 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 I mean, my experiences with people have been really mm -hmm. good. Let, let me ask you this. Let me, uh, I throw out something that I hear a lot on the time. It, it, people also bring this up too, is clicks. Do you feel like there's clicks in the Vegas community? Because people have said there are, you know, people that work with certain people and like there's always people that just, it just feels like there's a clicks around the community in a sense. I guess you could call it a click where yeah. where you have um uh like the Mahals. Yeah. They they have their group of people that they work with. Yeah. Um I have my group of people that yeah. I work with. You know, Joe has his. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's just who you know and yeah. who you can rely on. Yeah. And that's who you use over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I've I've worked with people on on my film from the Mahals films. Yeah. I've worked with people from Joe's film. So it's it's there are clicks, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, I, for me, I, how I see it, too, is, like, you know, people are working on the same projects with s same people, but I feel like growth, too, needs to be happening. And you're doing this. You're saying you're doing this where you're using people from different projects and different, uh, not clicks, but different sections of the Vegas community. But a lot of people that I've seen and talked to, they say, you know, people are working with the same people over and over again, and there's like really no growth in that regard. You know, that that is something. Yeah, that, yeah. that I will say that that there is an issue is that there there's only so many films. Okay, so if we, so maybe there is something I can think of. It is if you keep using the same people over and over again, yeah, yeah your stuff gets boring. Yeah, is that it? It's it's nice to see those people. Yeah, but it's like how many times can you use that person over and over yeah, and over yeah. again? And um, so it may be nice to maybe make a film without them and then come back in, yeah. in the next movie. Um, that's and, and the one thing that I will say with with casting crew, and it's not just a Vegas thing, yeah. but it's people need to stop being so quiet. Mm -hmm. If somebody treats you horribly on set yeah. and you've heard that they've treated other people horribly, you need to speak up. Yeah. Recently, I've started doing that with a couple of people. Okay. And but... There are so many movies being made mm -hmm. that, and I'm not talking Hollywood, yeah, just yeah. like indie stuff yeah. all over the country now where you can just hop on a plane. Yeah. Well, maybe not as easy right Try, now. to the next town. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, next year to hop on that plane. Yeah. But where- Hey, cheap rates right now, okay? Cheap rates. That's true. People are doing it. I see, you've always seen pictures of them yeah. now. Um, that you don't, that people just need to start calling out others. Yeah. And there are some people that are like narcissists or yeah. they're just bad filmmakers all around or yeah. just bad people. Yeah. And they need to be called out. And I think that's probably a negative is mm -hmm. people need to stop being so quiet. Stop mm -hmm. being so neutral because you're afraid that you're not going to be able to work on a movie. I think that also goes to like to maybe add piggyback that thought too is like, you know, people can't take critiques. I think also a lot from what I've noticed in this town too, where people get like butthurt. If you say one thing about their film and then they're like mad at you. Like, I feel like that's another thing as well too. There is a bit of, of loyalty. Yeah. I think that goes. So it's, you know, it, it's probably, if you, it's probably not a good idea to really, I mean, I only have like two people who I have bad things to say about. Yeah. And, and, but Facebook has shown me also that other people, there's some other people yeah. too, but I've never worked with them and don't know them personally. I don't think it's, I'm not saying about bad things about people. I'm saying like, like if, let's say I saw like someone's movie and I'm like, if I said, hey man, I don't like your movie because of this, this, and this, people take that the wrong way because they can't understand the critique. Though. There are people who will block you for that. Yeah. And, but it's also, if you just come out of a movie and say it sucks. Yeah. 
then I understand like, okay, well, you're kind of a jerk. Why? Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. But if you're saying, well, look, you know, this is why I didn't like the movie and you're constructive and, and you can, you have something decent to say, like yeah. you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. Then that person shouldn't be so sensitive. Yeah. It should be able to, um, I mean, Axmas is dear to my heart. Yeah. So obviously if somebody sat there, uh, but I've kind of relished it too. I yeah. mean, I, I, for the first film, there was a, a female reviewer who basically compared it to like an abortion. Oh. And and she destroyed this movie. Yeah. And I don't know what she has against the first Axmas film because mm-hmm. it's just a slasher film. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's no nudity. Yeah. There's barely any swearing. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's effects, you know, blood effects. Yeah. But it's like, why are you so offended by this movie? Like it, it, the, even the, the, the final girl lives. Yeah. You know, she kills the bad guy. It's the, it's the it's set up slasher film. Yeah. Like, typical I mean, slasher. Yeah. Th- there's nothing yeah. wrong. I don't, I don't think I treated women any differently than I treated yeah, yeah. men because men died and all the women died. So it's just bizarre. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah. I was mad at that to begin with. Mm-hmm. And like, whoa, whoa, Fuck there, you know. Yeah, they'll yeah. never review another one of my movies. Yeah. But then over time, I put it up on Facebook and said, "This is the funniest review I've ever read." Sorry, cast and crew, if you're yeah. happy, but I think this is hilarious. Yeah. And now I find it funny. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. it's to me, it doesn't bother me. But some people are way too sensitive. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, I agree. Um, any any other weaknesses you can think of? Anything else? I mean, I, I, I know weakness is a very like bad word. It's more or less like, I guess, pain points maybe that we can you know, figure out like to make it better. The For Vegas, I just don't really have a lot. Okay. I just, I've just had, that's a, that's a first. In, yeah. Yeah. In, in indie film in general, mm. I do. Okay. Well, you can talk about indie film in general. So, too. Oh, yeah. th- that's what I have yeah. been talking about. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, don't, you know, stop, you know, yeah. call these people out, oh, yeah. stop being so neutral. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, don't be in every single movie that yeah. comes along. You know, it's, you know, I, I've, I've acted in a couple that are, that are bad just yeah. because, I like the filmmaker or because it's bad. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of funny to be in a bad movie. Makes sense. But it's, but as far as Vegas goes, I know my experiences out here have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I don't really That's have anything good. bad to say. Is there anything that, you know, you think that can help us get to the next level in Vegas film community? What can we prove or, you know, just to do better, be better? Um, probably supporting each other more. Um, I think that it, it's important that if you if, if somebody out here has an Indiegogo campaign and I have one, yeah, maybe share each other's, even though yeah, that maybe you're not getting the money because it's going towards that other person, yeah. Or if a trailer comes out, because I've I've noticed that people are very exclusive. That yeah. it's just, oh look, I have a new movie out. I'm gonna just only share my trailer, but I'm not yeah. gonna share yours. And I think that's important to mm-hmm. if if you know uh, you know if the Mahals have a new trailer or something yeah. or who has a new trailer is to share it yeah in hopes that they will share yours yeah. at the same time. And I've noticed that a lot of Vegas people don't do that; they kind of just focus on their own mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and sadly, I've kind of drifted into that. Yeah, I, to I that think area. I kind of drift into. I would say I drift into that too. I think it's just a habit that we all fall into because it's like well. It, I think it's that mentality of, uh, well, I did it. Where's my, rec- like, you know, where's my thing in return? You know, like, you yeah. know, when, when, you know, my mom would always complain, like, why don't you call your friends? I'm like, why well, I, I call them, but they never call me. So why should I call them? Right, right. Type thing. You know, so it's, it's, it's that mentality. I think we all fall into in a sense. It's that, what about me thing? 
Yeah, even though I work on a lot of films out here and yeah. stuff, it's there. There isn't that. Uh, um, oh, look, so and so has a new trailer. Yeah. Let's share it. And I, and I think that could be helped. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I think that's a great. I think that's great to mention. Um, anything else? That, no, I no. think that's it. All right then, um, John. Any last golden nugget that you want to give to the people? By the way, by the way, let me go back to this one really quick question. Really quick question about Scream, real quick, because mm-hmm. I I thought about this now. How do you feel about Scream Four? The TV show and five. Um, I'm going to go back one further. I'm going to okay. start with three. Oh, yeah, please. Because you know what? I should have mentioned that. Because one and two are genius. Yes. Three to me is a letdown, but it's Thank grown you. on me over the years. Okay. I can't stand that Jay and Silent Bob are in it. Courtney <laughs> Cox looks horrible. She looks like a skeleton with that hairdo. Yeah. the Isn't that the streak hair in that She one? has some weird, like. No, this oh, is that weird. Bang. Yeah. The, yeah. It yeah, just looks bizarre it looks like on her. It's like the Bruce. Um, was it Bruce Dickinson haircut from Iron Maiden? A little yeah, bit. yeah. She just looks bad at yeah. it, and and I didn't. And so there's certain elements in that that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, Scream Four, I love. Yeah. I, I put it right up there with one and one and two. Oh, I, I agree. I, if I had to do it it's, for me, it's one, two, four. Three is terrible. I agree. I, I think three is terrible still. And I like even try and watch it over again. I'm like, so many plot holes to that movie, like, especially Ro- the Roman character. Yeah, where it comes out of nowhere. I feel like. And they, the mom ghost thing too. It's like, well, this doesn't really happen. The second one, you kind of just negate the whole mom's a ghost type thing and scaring Sydney still or something. Right, like that. right. Yeah, it just it just feels like what? Yeah, it, it's it was just kind of a weird. Like they knew they had a hit because yeah. one and two were a hit, and then of course with Kevin Williamson leaving and bringing on a different a, a different writer. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that had a lot to do with it. Oh, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, yeah. So he because he don't want to get typecast. Yeah. So then, but with part four, yeah. I really love part four. Yeah. That's, I probably watched that just as much as I do the first two. Mm-hmm. The TV series, I did not mind. Okay. Uh, did you watch season three yet of the TV series or no? I, I've seen all of them. Okay. I didn't watch that one yet. I know they go back to Ghostface. Yeah. So, but I'm kind of let down a little bit about how season two ended for that Scream series because I, I heard the rumors of like they were going to continue with season three with that style, like that ca- same cast. And I was really looking forward to that. To be honest, yeah, because we had season one, season two, and yeah. then that movie. Oh, like have... that, like that one hour. Oh, that... special where they're on an island. Oh, I didn't see that one. Is it the same cast from season yeah. one and two? Oh, interesting. So they yeah, kind of, I didn't know they did that. I think it was. It might have been like a Halloween special. Okay, but it, yeah, it's it's more of a whodunit type of thing. So oh, they're okay. all on this island. They can't get off the island. And yeah, of course, Ghostface is killing everybody. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, wow, this is pretty good. I've, yeah. I've, it took me a little bit because I, I didn't like the mask at first. Yeah. And then it grew on me. Yeah. And I liked what they were doing. I was, I, yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little disappointed. Like, well, why isn't this connected to the other movies? Yeah. But it was like, okay, it's its own thing. You know, yeah. you get over it. And then I was disappointed. And then, yeah, when you go back to season, then with season three, yeah, it is the regular ghost face yeah. that we know. And it feels more like a Scream okay. movie. It's like, it really does feel like a... Uh, like a really long screen movie. Yeah. Okay. I need, I I, sh- I know it's on Netflix. I should watch. I should check it out because I do want to rewatch season one and two again. Because again, that was actually really smartly. I think that was smartly written too. The first two seasons because I didn't know who the the frig the ghost was or the killer. I mean the killer, the ghost, the killer was in that first se- like first season. And then was it like uh, the boyfriend the whole time though? Something like that too. Yeah, if I remember correctly, like, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I haven't but... seen it in a while, but like refreshing my memory. I think, which is kind of funny because it's like the kid looks like Billy Loomis in a sense too, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> more interesting. Skeet Ulrich, uh, Ulrich, whatever his name is. Yeah. So, um, but going okay, going back to the end, 
Any nuggets? Any golden last nuggets that you have? Did we hit all three questions? We got the strengths, the strengths, weaknesses. weaknesses, and what can we do to improve or get to the next? Okay, level? so we got all yeah, three. We got all three. Um, no, I mean, chip. You know, check out Axis One and Two on Tubi. Yep. You know, it's it's obviously free. Yeah. Um, there. Uh, so those are always fun. Um, the crowdfunding campaign only has a couple days left. Yeah. And we're only a quarter of the way there. Yeah. So that would be great if people could check that out. Um, uh, I post it like crazy, yeah. so it's it's pretty easy to find. Um, uh, you know, of course, you know, like Brad Twig and, yep. and uh, Todd with with you know their companies because they got the DVDs. Um, so you know, friend of me. I mean, I'm always updating stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. It's just a picture of me. Yeah. Uh, and then just, yeah, hopefully, um, next year will pandemic thing has calmed down. Fingers crossed yeah. that uh, we can all get back to, to filming regular stuff. Yeah. So. I look forward to that. Hopefully there's more, I think there's a lot of, uh, opportunity in the next, uh, year. I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity now, um, with filming stuff because content so is so drying up in a sense that what are TV shows going to do? What are movies going to do? I mean, the theaters are kind of fucked right now in a sense yeah but i mean i think theaters should really rethink their whole model and actually buy independent films and play them and let people go to the films to see local work i think that would help a lot to be honest i know i think are they doing that kind of sort of a little bit sometimes too don't they like let people like kind of have independent films at theaters they they have because they did that what was it the wretched the wretched okay that was independent and that played actually in drive-ins you know when they were starting to bring back drive-ins yeah yeah um, so there's been a few of those okay. and that's a way of course of, of helping is, yeah. you know, supporting independent filmmakers yeah. and either, I, I like physical stuff. Yeah, so me too. I, I like that's to buy tell. the, yes, you have a good collection there. And, and I'm, I really like the, the, the Blu-ray or DVD, yeah. have the person sign it and yeah. all that stuff. I have a, a whole shelf full of them and that's one way of helping people too. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, cause they've spent their own money on this yeah. stuff. So, and, and a lot of them are now streaming. Mm-hmm. So I think that works. It's it's crazy because like I totally thought streaming also would be helpful for independent creators, but I think if the tides are turning to like you know bigger box office movies being more streamable, I th- it's gonna be a weird like I think the transition needs to be the independent films now go to film uh, theaters, and the other stuff goes to streaming. And I want I I don't know it's just, I have so many thoughts about it. It's just hard to, because it's like you know if Wonder Woman goes to streaming i feel like that takes away from like an independent film uh right you know what i mean or like you know um you know black widow or even like you know ghostbusters afterlife because the thing is like no one knows if it's like it's already slated for june now it got pushed back from march to june and who knows if the theater's gonna be open so like are they gonna push it back again even J- same thing with james bond that was a whole issue with like streaming like is it gonna go streaming or is it gonna go back to theaters well, and these people seem to be screwing over like Disney and stuff with yeah. Mulan. So you're already yeah. paying the monthly subscription. Yeah. Now I also have to pay to watch Mulan. But the, and the crazy thing is too, like it's gonna be free in December. So if you wanna watch it, just why not wait two or three months after it's released, like a, a like you know buying a Blu-ray or a DVD as well? Because like the whole idea, what I read too about the Mulan Mulan thing is if you buy it right, you only keep it for the uh, length of your Disney plus account. So if you get rid of it, Disney plus, you can't keep Mulan anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why I, uh, I believe I read that somewhere uh, when it came out around that time. But yeah, so that's thing too. And even there's recently something with, uh, 
Prime Video, I don't know if you saw this too, where this woman, I think, I think lost her movie that she bought and Prime's like, yeah, you don't own the movie technically. So physical copies is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what yeah. I was saying. And there's a lot of really good filmmakers out there yeah. that you can meet on Facebook, yeah. buy their movies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, yeah, you do. You get them autographed, you yeah. get posters, uh, you get other little kind of like knickknacks that come with them. And um, it's 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 really worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, recently I watched one called Spirit Animal. That's okay. good. Another one called Hacked. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. Um, so, I do see you on Facebook. Sorry to interrupt with the signatures too. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. always try to say, hey, look, I just, you know, yeah, I yeah. just got this movie. And, you know, um, so it's it's to me that's almost the way to go yeah. these days, and and I I don't I didn't see Mulan mm-hmm. I I don't support Disney but yeah. the whole other thing, but it's uh, I won't I don't I don't like streaming I'm yeah. not a big fan of it yeah yeah I feel you I feel you let me ask you last question for me is where's the best place to buy movies where what what do you recommend suggest I still think Amazon Amazon. Well, well, if you if to physically go, not to, not to, to physically go somewhere. Uh, I mean, Zia Records is really good. Okay, so I go to them all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, any of those types of of places, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even ones down in like L.A. Yeah, are really good. Okay, so but Zia Records here, I go to on both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eastern stores. and Eastern and uh, it's Eastern and now is it? It's not Val. Val-, Val- no, it wasn't. Are they on D? I don't remember the second location because I didn't. Because they moved. Yeah, they were by BNC Camera at one time. Yeah, now they're they're over by um, uh, like where the Dollar Tree is. Okay, yeah, yeah. And there's other stuff right there. I think there's like a mattress store. Okay, yeah. It might be Decatur. I could okay. be wrong. Oh, but it's it's yeah. Zia is really good. Um, but then of course, if you can't find what you mm-hmm. want in Zia, I would obviously check out. Yeah, that's true. There. Yeah. So it's and Best Buy was was really good at one time for like the new stuff. Fye also I think at one time was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Fye was that. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd go there and I found like Dragon Dynasty like Hong Kong films that I'm like, what this need this? Yeah, I remember finding like a whole bunch of like Sunny Chiba movies yeah. through them, and it was great like collections. I found the the craziest one I found in uh, in Best Buy was Alejandro Jodorowsky's. Uh, Holy Mountain. Oh, nice. At Best Buy on Blu-ray, and I saw that, and I was like, I don't give a shit how how much it is. I'm buying this right away. I need it. Here's a blank check. Just fill it in. <laughs> I will take it. I will take El Topo, and I'll take Holy Mountain. But I, didn't, I, I, I didn't buy El Topo at the time, so I kind of should have did that. <laughs> but I think it was like 50 bucks to buy the Blu-ray on like the Holy Mountain. I'm like, take my money. I don't give a shit if I'm broke. Sounds criterion to me. Like it's it, a criterion. It's uh, not a criterion actually. It's, oh. it's not. I, I do love the criterion collection. I go to Barnes and Noble for the half off criterion. They do that a lot. Yeah. They do two times a year, but you can get like, if you go to criterion's website, they do flash sale sometimes that are 40% off and they do a 50% off sale before the criterion collection at Barnes and Noble. Nice. Yes. Scream Factory does some really good deals yeah, like that. Yeah, I like, you know, I like looking into Scream Factory. I like um, another one, too. Arrow Video. Are you yeah. are you familiar, familiar, familiar with them? I am. Yeah. And then uh, Fries was good at one time, but 
Fry's was great but a few I years ago. I don't know ago. what the fuck's going on with Fry's right now. It's like a hit or miss of like, are they closing? Or are they not closing? They had, the, uh, their movie collections were great because they had yeah. both, you know, DVD and Blu-ray yeah. and they had all the collections. Yeah. So it'd be like Echo Bridge. Mm-hmm. It would be some of these other ones. And that's where I picked up like in a tin box. Yeah. The Howling 3, 4, and 5. Yeah. And then that's uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Uh, three, four, and five. They had that as a collection, yeah. like a slipcase. They had all these movies, like, man, this is great. And they were yeah. all cheap. Yeah. Like, there, nothing was outrageous. Yeah, yeah. And you would just find these, you know, Dracula 2000, one, two, and three, and yeah. then they. And it would just be like, my God, you would just grab all these movies. Yeah. And now it's like, huh? Yeah, there's like nothing. Like, I think I saw, a th- I, did, I did see a lot of Stranger Things season one for $10 on Blu ray. I was like, oh, I don't need this right now. I'll come back in <laughs> three weeks when it's still here. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of Arrow films though that they have there that I kind of want to get, but I'm I'm like, I I know they're gonna be there because they're really obscure films, but at the same time, like, how long are they gonna be in business fries? Because I every time I go, I get ner- more and more nervous about it closing down, and it's been the rumor for like a year and a half. I feel like now, so I don't know what they're doing. Right, and like every time I go, I, I oh I found cruising with Al Pacino at. Fries and I bought <laughs> and I bought that as soon as I saw that because I've heard so many things like the rewatchables talk about it as their two hundredth episode and I'm like I need to watch this film. It's Bef- a pretty notorious film. It yeah. is pretty crazy actually. I I I've now I have to say because now it's political season's over and it's in January, but Trump danced like Al Pacino did in Cruising. Oh I, God! <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right then. Sorry, Al. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Like, I, and I have a joke with my girlfriend. I'm like. Whenever I see like someone dance, I'm like, oh, he's dancing like Pacino and Cruz. They're dancing like Pacino and Cruz, and as long as they're not, as long as they're not dancing like Pacino in an Adam Sandler movie. Oh yeah, then, then we're, we're fine. Good. Yeah. yeah, then we're fine. But yeah, that Cruzin was a. I, I that was the last thing I picked up recently. Yeah, interesting movie. Yeah, uh, William Freakin. Yeah, who, who did and did who did yeah. The Exorcist? And I was like, holy shit! Like Freakin yeah. and Freakin did a lot of interesting. Had a lot of interesting directing choices. I think like he he's he has a very wide gamut of things. Yeah, because he, he would have that, like, hit film that he could do what he wanted, yeah. and then that bombed. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, crap, now i got to go back and do something else. But yeah. then that did really well. Then he could go make something, and it kind of bombed. Yeah. You know, Sorcerer yep. and some of these other movies that he did were always those ones that bombed. Yeah. And then he'd have to make a hit. Yeah. And then he could go back and make that movie that bombed that he really wanted to make. Yeah. Because I, I absolutely love Sorcerer. I think yeah. it's one of I, I never films. actually, I, I actually, you know, to be honest, I, the only, I think the only freaking, I'm trying to think what other freaking movies there are. Besides the ones I know, Exorcist, Cruisin, and um, The Guardian, I the, believe he did. There, there's the, like an, I know tree? I saw like at least another one, but I can't, like, I never actually saw Exorcist. Cause again, going back to possession movies, it scares the fucking shit out of me. And <laughs> so I'm now trying to think of what, I, I know he's a great director and a great writer. I, doesn't he write too? Or no, is it just, I'm, I'm thinking of Golding. So I'm like, get my fucking people confused right now. Cause William and William Golden, William freaking. So I, never mind. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> did Freakin do the French Connection? I I think he did French Connection, and then which led to to die uh, to live and die in L.A. Or check our Google here. Only if there was a way to figure out who directed Thank a God. movie. I don't even go on IMDb. <laughs> I just go on Wikipedia for all these things. Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? It's uh, Good Times, the Birthday Party, the Night. The night they read Minsky's The Boys in the Band, I know, was another thing they re- remade for Netflix. One. Yeah. 
Uh, the, yes, the French Connection, you are correct, sir. The, then he did the Exorcist, Sorcerer after that, the Brinks job, Cruising, Deal of the Century, To Live and Die in L.A., Rampage, The Guardian. Oh, Blue Chips. That's the one I, I wanted oh, to see, Oh, his sports movie. Yeah. Yeah, the basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Rampage is really good. Rampage, The Hunted He Made 2, Rules of Engagement. That's another one with Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that movie. And then the last movie he did was uh, Freakin' Uncut. So that was it. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, a little bit of freaking uh, history for you guys. Yep, yep. So uh, anything else, any last golden nugget that you want to give advice-wise? Anything else that you want to say? Just don't be a jerk. Easy. Best best <laughs> advice I think ever. Yeah. So, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank I'm you so, for having me. I'm so glad we finally got this because just, guys, really quick story. We, we scheduled something. It got messed up. Then we scheduled something again. And... I had to I had to cancel because I was at a Trump rally for work, and then hey, third time's a charm, right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It was yeah, it was great. So I, I can't imagine it working the last two times any better. Yeah, so so. I think it's it's fine. So again, thank you, John, and thank you guys for listening. And you remember to check out the podcast. We are on uh, Spotify, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, Anchor, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. You name it, we're probably on it. Uh, and I can't do this without my frame chasers, and I'm just trying to bring knowledge to all you listeners out there, and I hope you are gaining some great, valuable information and learning something from it because we all have a story, and we all go through things at the same time or at different times. I hope that the people that are on the show keep inspiring you to chase those frames. Okay, guys, thank you again. Have